So, this morning, it happens to be somebody's birthday. This is Jose's birthday, so we're all going to sing happy birthday to Jose. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a way that I like to do this, and I'm going to make you all do this. And, and I'm going to make, you're 30, come on. Um, get up on the stage, Jose. Um, hey, this is a way that I make every kid in the lunchroom do this. So, Jose, you're right up here. I'm not going to be on the stage, but you are. Hey, I'm Matt. Thanks for letting me be with you. Will you do this with me? Can we sing happy birthday in an obnoxious way to him? All right, this side, you're going to be the booms. Let's practice. One, two, three. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I just walk out, give you some time to study. Okay, no, I can't do that. Um, this side, one more time. One more time. Let's go. This side, Tim, you're going to be the ching. One, two, three. Ching. Oh, it's got to be better. Ching. It's boom, ching. Boom, ching. Boom. Like, you got me? Okay. Ching. Ching. There we go. Ching. Now follow along. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Now, hold on. Now, you got to do the cha-cha-cha. So, practice. Here we go. That's it. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jose. It's optional. Happy birthday. Big finale. All right. Happy birthday, Jose. I have hung out with uh, high school, middle school, college kids for 20 years. Can you tell? Um, I, I like being with you. Matter of fact, I'd rather just sit and hang than talk at you. Like, I like to like, root for you. Um, I, I'm reminded, I've got a little guy, throw my picture up there, just so when they're picturing my family, there we go. Okay, uh, four older daughters, my senior is on college visits right now, she's a, she's a senior. Um, my, my highlight of campus visits so far has been at K-State, our tour guide was wearing a Texas A&M t-shirt, <laughs> and um, when we went to GCU, it was amazing because it's a big campus, 20,000 to I mean, it's large. And um, it was like a home basketball game was going on, and people were just walking, like, where are you guys going? And uh, they said, oh, we're going to chapel. And I was like, okay. And I was like, was well, it mandatory? You know, and my daughter's asking them questions. And these four girls, I have no idea who they are or where they're from, they grabbed my daughter by the hand, and they said, skip the tour, just come with us. <laughs> and they literally, like, took her to chapel. And my wife and I are sitting there like, should we go with the two? Like we kind of feel obligated to. We kind of want to go to chapel all of a sudden. And she was invited. I mean, if there's anything we land on today, we're going to talk about the Great Commission. I think you've probably heard it a bit. Um, but um, if there's anything I land on, I just want you to have that picture in my mind. The most inviting experience we've ever had visiting a college right now. Or we're students, not staff, not a tour guide, nobody paid. Just a student simply said, come with me. And, um, and I mean, I'm compelled to go. It's cheap. Uh, but I'm also compelled to send her. I was like, if that's the environment here of just going, I'm like, hmm, okay, Phoenix, Arizona. Southwest flight. I like to play golf. Let's do that. Um, and so anyway, we're trying to figure out where my oldest is going to go to college at. Um, she's in the back. I've got two middle school, front right. And then Kate is a sophomore um, at a Trinity Academy in Wichita. Okay, and then my man cub. Uh, we adopted him at birth. Crazy adoption story. If you have an adoption story, share it with me. Um, I'm, I would love to hear from you, actually, because I'm so anxious. 
I've been blown away. My biggest fear in my life is, what if I didn't love him like the others? What if something was different? And I am here to tell you, and I've got a tiny glimpse into the heart of God in this, is that my time is divisible and my money is divisible. Those are true realities of parents. I can't be at this volleyball game and this softball game at the same time. I, I can't. But love is multiplying. I mean, love is a multiplier. Like, that is not a divisible concept. I mean, give me 10 more kids and I think my heart bursts. Now, be broke as can be. Um, I'm broke as can be. Um, but, um, uh, but my heart burst so much for this little guy, and he just started kindergarten. And um, he's, a, uh, he's a riot. I wish he could come with me. Um, and so uh, a quick story about Luke. Um, obviously, so we had to do formula when he was a baby. We got to cut the cord. We're still in relationship with this birth mom, and uh, it's, a, it's a really cool story. But my wife, Tara, sends me to Target to buy formula. We have no formula. And, and so, and Luke is going to be hungry. So I, I run to Target. Right as you walk into Target to the right, there's a Starbucks. So I'm like, well, I'm kind of tired. I'm going to get some Starbucks as I go. And anybody else in Target that kind of gets distracted, my ADD kicks in, my Starbucks kicks in, and I'm rolling up and down the aisles and picking out different things that I needed or didn't need or whatever those things are. So I'm, I'm going through with bags. I check out. I go home. I put all the bags up on the counter, and Tara is digging through all of the bags, and she's like, where's the formula? And I'm like, oh, I forgot the formula. Like, I've, I'm going to be right back. <laughs> like, go to Target, get the formula, come back. Um, but after 20 years of being in ministry, I'm afraid that's what us paid people have done. We, we get our Starbucks, and then we are so busy with every other distraction that we forget the main thing that we were after. We, were forget, we forget the basic, basic, basic thing that we're supposed to do, and of which I've entitled this morning, rather than the great commission, I've entitled this morning the great omission. Like, what have we omitted? Any uh, professors in here, I'm giving credits to Dr. Howard Hendricks. I've heard him preach on this, and, uh, and he was fantastic as he outlined what I'm going to outline to you. So credit goes to somebody smarter than me. Um, but uh, let's look at the Great Commission, and I've got to tell you, yesterday, I helped my aunt and my uncle uh, at a cancer oncology appointment. She is dying with cancer, carrying wheelchair in and out of the house, picking her up, putting her in the bed, and I'm telling you, in these moments, when she says, come here, and you lean in, you're listening more than you ever listen. She's struggling uh, she's dying, and somehow dying words carry more weight. So parting words carry a ton of weight, and this is no different. This text in its context is simply the resurrected head of the church, Jesus, has appeared for 40 days to hundreds of people in a seminary experience like you've never experienced before, and he says, this is what I want to tell you. And he said, this is the command I'm going to give you. And uh, I'll read it if it's up there. I think it's the next one. Then Jesus came to them and said, 
all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Um, anybody else want to make that statement? I, it's funny. Uh, no, like, can anybody else in the history of the human world say this? And he didn't even utter it before he was resurrected, uh, come to life. This is a big statement. All authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me. You don't say that lightly. That comes with a ton of power, right? So I hope you, your hair stands up a little bit. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then teach them or teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Before I get into the command itself, I want to tell you about the, the bookends. All authority, and I'm going to give it to you. Is anybody else go like, no? <laughs> like, I know I'm not qualified. I don't want that. There's no way I'm going, to, I'm going to screw that up. I often, often, often feel like, uh, you know, the, the people in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, when they saw Peter and John, they, they recognized that they were unlearned, ordinary people that had just been with Jesus. Does anybody else just feel like the unlearned, ordinary person? Oh my gosh, this is what Jesus loves. I mean, the older we get, the stuffier we get, and the more educated we get. I don't know. But what you see in the life of Jesus is he loves this, and he goes, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah, you. Yeah, me. Crazy, right? And then the other book in is this, is I'm with you. I want to be with you. Remember in the very end how many times Peter, it, I mean, if, if you haven't read all these stories, I'd love to tell them all. The life story of Peter is hilarious to me. Up and down, what a failure, what a success, what a failure, what a success. His biggest failure was the denial of Christ, and he goes, disappears, and he never sees Jesus again after the resurrection until Jesus repeats his entire calling to him in John chapter 21, and he goes, no, I want you with me. I mean, I, I wish I could just teach on John 21 and tell you it's the coolest engagement and invitation back to Peter saying, I want to be with you. So if you want to feel that, I'm with you to the end of the age, um, study Israelites, study uh, Jesus's incarnation, or just study the sweet invitation that Jesus has to Peter that says, no, I still got a plan for you to build the church on. And so if you want to feel, we're going to get back into the text, but I think those bookends are really, really powerful. Jesus goes, I want to do this with you. It's almost Adam-ish, sitting on a log in creation and saying, let's name the animals together. And Adam goes, platypus. And God goes, why'd you name it platypus? <laughs> That's a stupid name. Um, no, I don't know how that played out. But this sweet invitation of the God of the universe saying, no, I want to do this with you. I hope that's the invitation that you feel. I hope that's the invitation that I give you, is that the God in the universe really does want to be with you. Not, not go be my servant. You know, in the creation of the world, the uh, ancient Egyptians, this is free, this is nowhere in my notes. Um, the ancient Egyptians at the time of the writing of Genesis was simple. They thought the gods needed slaves. 
and the author of Genesis in his story of telling the beginning of the world and how it came together screams that God wanted kids. What an adoption story in that, but God wants this with you. And so this is not what I'm teaching on. I'm just telling you that's the heart of God in this. Does that make sense? Like, this is, this is the heart of God. Okay, now let me get in the technical boring part, all right? Um, it's not boring. It's God's word. It's not boring. Um, but what I'm about to teach is going to be technical and perhaps boring. All right, so English, go to the next slide. Um, there are, uh, in this, therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. There's three participles and one imperative. The three participles are going baptizing, and teaching. I like to do this Socratically with a smaller group and say, what do you think the part of, part of, I mean, what do you think the imperative verb is in this? And everybody will say going. I think going is the imperative. And actually going is a participle. All right? So going, baptizing, and teaching is telling you how to do something. What's the imperative verb in this? Make. Who said it? Way to go. Tell me your name. Chris. Chris, your front row. You say the right English word. I mean, this is fantastic. Chris, where to go? What team do you play on? Basketball. God, basketball? Academic All-American? Not yet? No, okay. Chris says no. <laughs> Cut me off there. All right, so make is the imperative. I mean, what good is a sandwich if you're like, I got bread, I got peanut butter, and I got jelly, and I just leave them as separate three parts? Make the sandwich. And that's what I'm telling you is a great omission. Sometimes, especially post-World War II, we have separated the going to a certain thing to the baptizing to a certain function and the teaching to a certain function. We go, teaching is for, like, discipleship. That's not the definition of discipleship, is education and teaching. That's not discipleship. Discipleship is the whole process of making, from the going to the baptizing and teaching. It implies, next screen is this, it just implies relationships. Oh, oh, oh sorry, uh, Robert Coleman wrote The Master Plan of Evangelism, and he said this, how do we understand how to make disciples he goes, well, listen, Jesus did it. And he wrote this book, and he broke it down into these chapters, and he said, um, hey, this is what Jesus did. And it was every day for how many years? Three. It was three years. Three years every day. I'm sitting as a guy that works in youth ministry, and I said, I got a kid for one hour of a week. I have no idea how I'm going to do this with one hour of one week in a kid's life. That's why I coach football. They'll give me 16 hours a week when I coach football. If it's about Jesus and Bible study, I get one. Maybe. And that's a pretty distracted one in that. Um, but in football, I get 16 hours with kids. And there's this process, and I'm not going to get into this. It's a great book. Write it down. Read it. It's, the, it's simply Robert Coleman going, this is what Jesus did. And what he did is he built a community, and he built relationships between these guys. And he differentiated between making disciples and doing ministry. Does that make sense? There's a difference between making disciples and then those disciples go and do ministry together. 
Henry Nouwen wrote an incredible, incredible article. I mean, it's an article. It's a short, short one. Very easy read. He says, moving from solitude to community into ministry. And it's frankly how the framework of your teams should work. It's just the idea of you were not designed to go into ministry alone. You were designed to go into it with other people. And so in order to live out the going, the baptizing, and the teaching, I want you to, 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 to do this the best way Jesus did. Uh, Luke explained it. He said Jesus was up early in the morning praying, and then he pulled the guys together, and then they went and did all sorts of healings and miracles and all of those things. This, this was the repeated pattern of on a daily basis. You see it all throughout scriptures that Jesus was teaching, or sorry, that Jesus went up and prayed, and then he pulled the, the guys together, he taught them up, and he goes, and now let's go do work together. And so my encouragement to you is this. This type of relationship takes a lot of time. There is no way in the world, is the, is the drink going all the way down to your feet down here? Watch your bags down here. I saw it. I mean, I, I won't call your name out. I don't know you. But somehow a beverage went down. Was it pumpkin spice latte by chance? It wasn't Starbucks? It's water? You're going to be just fine. Anybody else just flat out? Football players, are you just flat out mad it's 100 degrees still? I am so tired of it. Pumpkin spice lattes are out. It's supposed to be cooling off. Sorry, that's a side. That's just, uh, I would buy you one, but it's 100 degrees. We might not even want one. Okay. All right, so hey, l- let me explain this as simple as possible. There's no way in the world Jose can do this for everybody. And let's say every faculty engaged, every faculty and paid staff at this college could engage in making disciples with just three students. I honestly don't even know if they have enough time to do it. What is God calling you to do? The ordinary and unlearned? He loves you. And that's what I'm saying. The best thing in the world that you could do is what my daughter experienced at Grand Canyon University when three girls that she did not know as a possible incoming freshman just said, hey, come with me. Your college experience sets you up to live this out better than any other time in your life of simply saying, hey, what is the formula? What is it? What do we do? And you spend time with the Lord. I'm just giving you step one. Spend time with the Lord. And then step two, pick your head up and look out in this room right now who else is interested. I know some of you are obligated to be here and you don't want to be here. I know some people are busy and distracted with other things. But there's some other people around you that want to wake up in the morning and look at those scriptures as intently as you do. And I am just telling you that the minute that the two of you get together and maybe invite one other person in, and that group of three people don't become a click to have a holy huddle of Bible study but you have an outward orientation to others. I call it mission community. A mission community exists for the people that are not in the community. 
a mission community exists to get together with the sake of that person who is not in the community yet. And we just have an outward orientation. And that three people becomes five people. And that five people becomes seven people. And now, once you have that time together, and you're praying for each other, and you're doing that, now you've got somebody to do ministry with. I don't want to go alone, and God didn't send people alone either. The great Trinitarian thought of even creation, the God, the God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and a Trinitarian dance that you have been invited into, never out of need, never out of getting your own need met, but an overflowing bit of community that says, hey, we want to give our lives away. And so I don't think it's Jose's job to change this campus. I don't think it's the faculty's job. Faculty, I'll tell you, if you engage in just a two or three, I, I just know I'm a busy person, five kids, coaching and running a job and everything else that is required out of faculty. But if we pick up our mind and say, who do I need to invest in? That's great. But students, let's be honest. That's just stuff we're doing to you. Once you get past your 16, I mean, I think once you get your keys and a job at 16, you're done having people do things to you. You want to own it. You want to have your own vision. It's got to come from you anyway. And what's going to transform the campus? And ideally, the town of Sterling is going to be when you spend time with the Lord, you spend time with each other, and then you go, what's the mission? What's well, to include other people? When some of you are called to different things, some of you will be called to middle school students, and it needs to be in a local church. Some of you students, if you're, in, if you're really called to high school kids and you want to be a part of, uh, of young life here in Sterling, we have multiple teachers that work in the schools that really want college kids to come and spend time with students. Well, I don't want you to do that alone. I want to send five of you together. Our prayer is that we would have 10 trained volunteer leaders by December ready to go to, I mean, it's Friday night high school football games. Instead of party, and all you got to do is just go stand on the sideline and give a kid a high five and go, good game. That's the call. That's the going, right? That's the going and making. And so my encouragement to you is simply this. Be with the Lord. Pick your head up and go, who else is doing this? Who wants, who wants to be with me? who would do this thing together, and then go out of that community. Hey, what are we being called to? And you go do that together. And maybe my biggest encouragement is um, you don't have to be a weirdo to be a missionary. Like, you don't have to go to crazy extreme lengths, stand on a corner and preach, I mean, literally just seeing somebody alone and inviting them into community is what it's like to be a missionary. And, and I, would, I would be sad if I recruited 10 of the best volunteer leaders out of here and we went and did ministry and you didn't do it with your own teammates and your own people in your own place. Does that make sense? I know the heart of this leadership. 
is to create an environment that Christ can do whatever he wants to do. And it's going to be through you, and to, I mean, it's, it's going to be in you, and you guys raising up to do that to reach this campus. So that's the great commission to you. Go, therefore, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then teach them to obey. How do you do that? What's the formula? You've got to model it. It's relational. It's just walking together. There's not an academic classroom. That could be helpful at times. But what it is is a group of people walking this out together, and you've got to do that together. Um, let me pray for you. And then, um, hey, if you are interested, who did I text this morning? I'm so sorry. Just, just scream out if I texted you this morning. Where'd you go? Come on, Dalen hooked us up together. Jason, where's Jason? Jason, it's Jason. Sorry, we've never met. Come here, Jason. Can we say hi? I was already down here. I yeah, I know. Normally, this, I don't do it normally at all. It's okay. This is Jason. We're friends. We're friends now. First time meeting. Right we now. are. Um, hey, Jason is going through Young Life Leader Training on what nights? Is it Sundays? We did Sunday nights. Sunday nights. And there's a group of people doing that as well. I think there's five or seven people that are doing it. I, got, I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you. Um, and um, anyway, there's a group of people going through leader training. And if you're interested in doing Young Life, I want you to come talk to him afterwards, after I pray or after we're closed. And, um, and he's got the keys to figure out how to get you plugged into Young Life. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Yes, sir. <laughs> Let me pray for you. Um, Lord, thanks for this day. Thanks for a college that wants you to be front and center and to be made famous. Um, thank you for your parting words that are not an option for us. It is a command to make disciples. Um, but Lord, it's actually simple. Help us build great relationships and figure out how to share those with other folks wherever, here, Sterling, or around the world. Uh, give us a vision on how to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.